Welcome to Casual Talk Radio Podcast found at casualtalkradio.net. My name is Leister, I'm your host. Thank you for dialing in today, whether you're an existing subscriber or a new listener. We welcome everybody. Got a couple things to get out of the way first, and then we're going to get right into our topic for today. Casualtalkradio.net. That's our website. Check it out for all of our different podcast episodes, past and present. We're constantly making updates. We're refining the website experience. If you have any feedback, we'd appreciate hearing it. You can hit the contact link at the top, fill out the form, come straight to us. You can also leave us a voice message if you want to leave your thoughts on audio, and it may be played on the air. Who knows? Let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. Wrapped up another fun-filled day filled with fun and adventure on the endeavor. Leister here at CasualTalkRadio.net welcomes you back to today's episode. I think some of you may enjoy this one more than most based on our Carl Sapin episode that's in the archive. Check that out. Because I figured I would revisit some of that style, different story, but I figured it was important. And I want to tell a personal tale that prefaces what I'm going to do today because I think it's important in the workplace now, because I have currently two endeavors soon to be one as I'm leaving my second endeavor due to uh, conflicts of time and schedule in the workplace for years. And it didn't click to me why this was until I was much older because I didn't understand this in my twenties at all. And I want to say that the first time that things really clicked for me was probably about 2007-ish. And you're wondering, how can I be so pinpoint on the year? A number of things happened. So I, in 2003, was working customer service call center. That was my skill set. I was almost swore good at it, bar none. Best in my class. I was working for a credit agency. And I decided to because they weren't paying worth of nothing, leave this company and go somewhere else. The maximum at this company I found on hidden in the internet site was $12 and 63 cents an hour. People didn't believe me when I pointed out the internet, nobody was happy. So people started leaving. And I was one of those ones who got free. because I found an opportunity at a loan company during this time. We're in an era of paper during this time. Cell phones are nowhere near what they are now. During this time, applying for a job was still a very easy process. You send in a resume, they call you in for an interview, and they make a selection. It was simpler times. I get this job, starting pay is 15 bucks an hour. I can work with that. It's dealing with a lot of paperwork. I don't want to bore you with the details of the job. Suffice to say, I'm there for a few months, and quickly, they had a ranking system for bonuses, quarterly bonuses. In the ranking system, number one was the supervisor, which I thought was crap. Number two was the team lead, which I thought was also crap. And number three was me of the team because of my performance, my quality, everything. Everybody knew that I was the best at it. However, I didn't get along with the director on the floor or the manager on the floor. They introduced a stack ranking system. The stack ranking system in simple terms, I should have been at the top because everybody knew I was the best on the floor. Instead, they put me low and they put this other joker who didn't know half of nothing at number four. And he was the only top. Nobody could explain it. The manager couldn't explain it. 
The director couldn't explain it, and he can't give me excuses. So I accepted a different position that was open. I was not qualified for it, but I took a chance because I wanted to get out of customer service anyway, do something different. No longer paid hourly, which kind of sucked because that meant no overtime anymore. Couldn't control my schedule anymore. And I wasn't, I didn't know what I was up against. First assignment, I have to write code. Had never done it to that degree before, but I figured it out, got past it. Then this person who I refer to as the director, and I've written articles about her, the toughest boss I've ever had, even now, I say, she was the toughest I ever had. She was tough. This is in the era of Blackberries. She would contact you on Christmas Eve. She would contact you on Thanksgiving Day. She would contact you on New Year's Eve. She would contact you anytime she felt like it, 2 a.m. in the morning, even, to ask about some assignment that wasn't even due yet. And then she would have no problem reading you the riot act if you didn't do what she expected. She was tough. And everybody else in the department felt really negative about her. It is what it is. I had, I understood. She gave me an opportunity. And if it hadn't been for her, I wouldn't be where I am now because she was the one that positioned me to learn the skill sets that I was able to craft over years. She gets ill. Another person comes in, becomes vice president, ostensibly to replace her. This person is operational, balls to bones, doesn't care about individuals. Ultimately, it's a degradation of my skill set. It's a chaotic mess. I'm not happy. I give notice. They act shocked. They shouldn't, but they do. I leave. That was 2008. This is why I believe had to be 2007 where I got a clue. And that was after I saw a bunch of my peers and colleagues be laid off. That was after we had major successful projects. That was after we did a major building move. This is in the era, mind you, of Circuit City, the demise of Gateway Computers. It was a different time. But I felt like it's time for me to move on because I realized I've kind of outgrown you. I go to a different company, technology company, and all of a sudden, I realize what I don't know. I am completely behind the curve. I am nowhere close to anybody else, and I got a lot to learn. I learned a lot at the technology company. I go from there to an insurance company. I learn even more and realize there's stuff I don't know here either. Realizing that each and every opportunity is a chance to learn something I don't know. That light goes off in my head. Yes, it's not just that I know things now. It's that I can learn anything that I choose to, as long as I have an interest in doing it and I get along to people I'm working with. So now, as I'm getting back into the reading groove that I used to do when I was younger, I stumble across, re-stumble across Sun Tzu's Art of War. Sun Tzu's Art of War is free. It was a write-up. It's free. It's on the web. You don't have to buy a book. I chose to buy a book because I like to have it physically in my hand. I do not read off screens. But it occurred to me, if you think like Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather, he does employ a lot of what Sun Tzu talks about. And I actually got chewed out by a boss one time who was criticizing when I cited Sun Tzu's Art of War because he didn't understand because he kept triggering off the word war and he doesn't understand. War is all around us. You're, you go to war when you're negotiating with somebody and it's not working out. You go to war when you're in a relationship and you're having an argument. You go to war when you go to work and they're trying to make you do stuff that you know is either immoral, unethical, or pointless or a waste of time. War is all around us. The concept of war doesn't have to mean physical attacks. It can also mean emotional attacks. It can mean being on the defensive. It can mean verbal attacks. 
It can mean responding to verbal attacks. War is simply there's a difference of opinion on multiple sides of a table or a field or whatever, and we have to solve it somehow. That's war. That's all it is. Sometimes warfare never leaves the diplomatic table. Right now, with China, we're essentially at a form of verbal warfare with China. We're essentially at a form, or were, at a form of verbal warfare with North Korea and so on. So recognizing, okay, if war is all around us, then there certainly have to be some tenets of war that I can apply in the workplace. And lo and behold, Sun Tzu's Art of War was perfect for that. And that is what I want to discuss today and share some of these. And then, because I know you're wondering, how can you possibly connect a book about war to the workplace? You'd be surprised at just how spot on and how applicable these can be. The chapter, and I don't believe the chapter is in the official works, but there is a chapter named in the book of chapter six, weak points and strong. Quote, Sun Tzu said, whoever is first in the field and awaits the coming of the enemy will be fresh for the fight. Whoever is second in the field and has to hasten to battle will arrive exhausted. Stop. Whoever is first in the field and awaits the coming of the enemy. Now, let's take the workplace. Perfect example of this. I actually had a scenario. This was back in 2008, actually. And there was nothing going on this day. I remember it clear as the day. There was nothing going on. No meetings, no nothing. I needed to go up north because I needed to buy something that was only at one mall that was way up in Oceanside. And I'm way down in Santee. And if these names are not familiar to you, don't worry about it. Suffice to say, it's at least an hour drive. And then there's traffic. So I decided to go on lunch break, minimize traffic, try to get in, out. I do the drive. There's some accident or something, so everything's backed up. I'm not worried about it because there's no meetings that I'm believing. There's nothing going on. Now, this boss, the one I can't stand, had this one tendency, which was she would ask you to fill out a monthly report or weekly report, and I had to collect it up for everybody and submit it to her, and then she would want to book a meeting and have us read off the report. If that sounds stupid, don't feel bad. I certainly felt it was stupid. This day, she didn't ask to do it, so I figured there's not going to be a meeting. Okay, so I went ahead and do the drive. I get all the way up there. I get a call on my phone saying, hey, where are you? Well, I'm up here shopping. It's over lunch break. She's looking for you. Where? She was looking for you. She booked a meeting. I'm like, okay, there's nothing I could do about it. It wasn't on the calendar because it wasn't scheduled in advance. Nothing I could do about it. Oh, she's, she's chewing out this other guy because he didn't do the job and you did his job for him and she's chewing him out and da-da-da. I said, yeah, I don't have time for this. It's whatever. So I already accept. All right, she's going to be pissed off. It is what it is. It's her fault for not booking the meeting in advance because the day was wide open. That's the only reason I left because otherwise I'm stuck in the freaking thing. Okay, so I get back. It's like two hours after the fact. And she's telling me, the person who called me is telling me, yeah, you know, it was a, it was crazy. She was chewing about that. that, that, that. I said, it's fine. So I put my stuff down. I go straight to her office and I tell her, Apparently, there was a meeting. I apologize. I missed the meeting. There was nothing scheduled on the calendar, so I figured I would take my lunch break to get this done. Unfortunately, traffic caught me, and I got back late, so I'm here if you want to, you know, chew me out or read me the right act or whatever, because I do apologize for missing the meeting. She's basically like, no, don't worry about it. Okay, well, that's kind of odd. I go back to my desk. Decided to do a little work. Next thing, I get a call. Need you to come in here. Okay, so I go in there. I'm very disappointed that you did that. Like, this was, this was like, 
she exposed herself because not physically, but she exposed herself because I went to her first to give her the opportunity to chew me out because I already knew she was going to. I'm not stupid. I know this person. I can't stand her. And I know what your style is. So I'm giving you the opportunity to chew me out. I'm here now. And you can take as much time as you want. I didn't say it was her fault for not booking the meeting. I said, I'm here. If you want to chew me out, go for it. She doesn't take the opportunity to chew me out because she wants to be the one to initiate the call in. Like it's all formal structure to her. I have to be the one. I have to be the boss. I have to be the call in. I have to do, 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 do. Instead of let's just make this go away and recognize, you know what? I, I didn't, I'm sorry, I didn't book the meeting. Yeah, you didn't. It is what it is. Let's move on. Let the work done. So for me, I learned, I got to get ahead of these, some of these managers, I got to be ahead of them because they'll try to pull some slick S. I don't want to swear. They'll try to pull some slick S if you're not careful. Quote, therefore, the clever combatant imposes his will on the enemy, but does not allow the enemy's will to be imposed on him. Goes to what I said. By me going in there first, I was trying, purposely trying to take away any empowerment she had. Still let her get her what off her chest, but take the power away because it's a waste of time. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There was no value in me being in the meeting. It's all structure for this person. She just wants to be the boss and you just do what we say, whether there's a value or not. And she doesn't like it if somebody takes away, at least from her perception, takes away her control of the situation. Quote, by holding out advantages to him, he can cause the enemy to approach of his own accord or by inflicting damage, he can make it impossible for the enemy to draw near. Same thing I just talked about. Quote, if the enemy is taking his ease, he can harass him. If well supplied with food, he can starve him out. If quietly encamped, he can force him to move. This one talks to a different set of situations. When we talk about if an enemy's, quote, if an enemy is taking his ease, he can harass him. He, in this context, is you, the person, the attacker, the person who is in combat that we're referring to. Quote, if well supplied with food, he can starve him out. If quietly encamped, he can force him to move. So what we're saying here is being prepared, being ready, having everything that the other person lacks, being that much up above. Everything is situated. Everything is positioned. Everything is on point. Everything is, you have every advantage so that they can't take an advantage from you. That's what that refers to. And quote, an enemy may march great distances without distress. If it marches through country where the enemy is not, this one interests me a lot. When we talk about country where the enemy is not, and what it's saying is you can get to destinations without having to confront or go directly through don't you don't have to engage you can still get to a destination now the key with that one and it's very difficult in the workplace because what happens you'll be forced to sit in pointless meetings if you don't go to the meeting people yell at you even if there's no value in you being in the meeting you know there's work that needs to be done if you're an expert in your craft you can focus on the work and hopefully get it done if your boss is supportive but what if your boss is not supportive you end up wasting time, right? So what this is saying is you can always get to a destination, the goal, by just simply avoiding the problem spots. If it's your boss, that may not be that easy. But if it's somebody that's a peer, coworker, you can simply avoid them. Now, in the workplace, they'll tell you, 
you know, you need to report to HR, you need to say something. But if it's a sexual harassment situation, most are going to avoid the situation. They're not going to go that route because they don't want to create the situation that they're trying to avoid in the first place. And they know that going to HR usually doesn't result in any damn thing. So they'll avoid it. And what I'm saying and what's being cited here is that's perfectly acceptable as a means to getting to an outcome, which hopefully is that you can work in peace. doesn't always mean that you can. Sometimes that doesn't work. It's saying that at least there's an opportunity. If there's an opportunity to, you should take it, right? That may also mean leaving that company, as I've done on many occasions, where I see me and this boss are not on the same page, and I'm not going to stay here, or it's a work coworker, and it's not going to work, and I'm not going to stay here. Usually it's a boss, though. I would argue almost to a T, it's a boss of some kind. Coworkers, it's hard to piss me off to the point that I'm going to leave a company. It's usually going to be a boss. And so my messaging, when I talk about this, the art of war, my messaging is, is actually not to be confrontational. It's not to confront people. It's not to be antagonistic. It's not to pick fights. It's actually to be smart about when you engage and why but also to try to outsmart those people who are trying to impose their power and their will upon you because you should not allow them to impose their power and will upon you. Doing so, all that does is stress you out, worry you, piss you off, whatever. Take it, take it in stride, right? Take it more carefully. Take it in steps. And at some point, you're going to find that you are taking control you're taking stronger control of your situation because that's all that really matters. They can't control you. I actually just had this conversation with a coworker in this uh, endeavor. They can't control you. You control the game. So you tell them what the deal is and it is what it is. They can't control you. They can't force you to work, right? So if you're not happy, do what you need to do, but don't feel like you're compelled to do anything either. Now, at the same time, you still have to be studious you still have to be respectful you still have to be mindful of not directly insulting people certainly not and you don't want to be just sitting off in the corner completely antisocial either you do have to kind of communicate and we have to kind of get along and work together as a team of sorts this is simply to say don't allow anybody to step on you don't allow anybody to override you in what you know is correct if it's immoral if it's unethical and you know it's wrong don't let them impose that don't let them impose their own personal values upon you. Don't let them make you feel like you're less of a worker or a contributor. Don't make them feel or push the feeling that they're in control and you're not. Because you're always in control. You're always in control of what you will and will not do. And yes, there's that risk. Some companies are just that fickle, but they'll gladly just fire you if you say anything. And unfortunately, in the United States, at least, we're at will employment. I understand. However, understand your position and understand your rights and understand your person, your body of who you are. You are entitled to be treated a certain way and nobody can take that from you. But the key is to make sure that you're outsmarting the people around you. Be aware of when they're trying to do things that are completely unacceptable, things where you should not allow them to get away with it. And then don't allow them to get away with it. That's not saying be antagonistic. It's saying be smart about detecting when that's happening. Then make a smart decision about what you do about it. And that may simply be walking away from the situation. 
you might try reporting it to somebody if there's a chain of command to do so. But sometimes it's just the better approach to turn and go a different direction. Because no matter what, and I'll quote the line, this above all to thine own self be true. Never let anybody else take that away from you. That rhymes. That's all we've got here today on Casual Talk Radio, Gentleman's World. Hopefully it's been informational, educational, and helpful for you. We upload every Monday and Wednesday, so we'll be back for our next episode. Whether you're a subscriber or not, we appreciate you for dialing in today. We know you've got choices. We will be turning back on our guest cadence. We are doing the screening process that's coming very soon. Keep up to date with what we're doing at casualtalkradio.net. You can also subscribe at the bottom to get alerts whenever there's a new episode posted, or you can add it to your platform of choice. For now, take care, and I will see you on our next upload.